podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 37 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast. Where this week... We're going to be looking back at the draw against West Ham United. Dean's left footed in, Swinger, and it's in from Calvert Lewin. The little flick on at the near post, the little touch into the path of Dominic Calvert Lewin. We'll be talking about the key points from this week's ADM. We also heard about the £30 million investment from Alisha Guzmanov. Does that help you at all in the transfer window? I think that the fact, uh, as I said, we are not anxious for the transfer window. We are we are focused on the, on games. We have important games tomorrow, and so the fact that uh, Mr. Rosmano invests in the club is good for the club. I'm going to look ahead to the visit of Newcastle United on Tuesday. Coming forward in numbers, Richarlison. Richarlison's cut back and put home by Calvert Lewin again. Oh, he is the Johnny on the spot for Everton. I'm delighted to say, um, welcome back after his succumbance to uh, the chill factor in Manchester. <laughs> Lee, Lee, Lee has rejoined us um, against our better judgments. Andy, you said it last week. You know the, the loan offer is still still there, and hopefully we can make a payment at some point. But uh, did you enjoy yourself, Lee? Uh, Andy was a more than worthy replacement, mate. But. When you get to my level, you can come out with chat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, you enjoyed your skiing, Lee, but you can take all the gear off. Now. <laughs> Love you, these goggles. You see, and you just like like the uh, like the pink Power Ranger. <laughs> no, Manchester was great, mate. It was actually, yeah, yeah. Honestly, loads of snow. Yeah. Um, yeah, got a flight back. Took me about twelve hours. But no, no, it was great. Really good. Thanks. Good to be back. It was actually quite strange. I was saying to you off mic then, listening to it as an actual fan, looking forward to the content. I thought you boys did really well. Um, but the, really the good content, apart from obviously uh, it's a technical glitch, but obviously we saw it that. Obviously, because you were here, that's why it all, yeah. all went apart. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? That's that's what we put it down to. Um, but at least you're back in one piece anyway. Uh, might not have been that yeah, way. Yeah, my ACL about four times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're like uh, Benjamin Mendy doing your knees. Yeah. But uh, let's let's. Let's jump straight in then. After obviously recording today, after the uh, the West Ham game, and it was a it was a frustrating, quite quite a dull game, really, wasn't it? And we come away with it with a point in the end, and probably that was about deserved across the ninety minutes. Yeah, I thought. I mean, this is probably going to be the briefest ever uh, overview of the game, isn't it? Because there's not really much to talk about because it was that sums up the game. I thought the game was lacking in quality not just from our point of view and we'll obviously touch on it but I thought from their point of view as well they were much better um, and obviously the home side but as Carlo absolutely nailed it and he said that we didn't even deserve to be uh, you know on level terms at mm. half time mm. uh, and we were probably lucky to be to be so but I don't know what you thought Pete well, I mean watching the game the initial reaction was either a handful of the players aren't fully fit or they're not fully bothered and then when you looked at Ancelotti's substitutions I sort of felt a bit validated with really, because I thought, well, it's clear that he's not happy with what he's seeing on the pitch either. I think particularly Theo Walcott got mm. hauled off quite early. He made two changes, didn't he, within about what he, 10, 15 minutes. He, of the he made half. a change. It's lack of quality as well, though, you know. It's not just lack of application and things like that. I think in the centre of the park, we really are down to our bare bones, mm. aren't we? Well, yeah. we've, we obviously, we've touched on that before, haven't we, in regards to centre mid and... We are where we are with that. We we've had the good news this week that both Andre Gomez and and, uh, and Gabamon are back and they're training. Uh, obviously, they're doing individual work, but Gabamon did join the group uh, on Friday. That's what he was right. saying, which yeah. which is which is great. Right. Um, Probably be what about a month off then, maybe yeah. p- potentially more. I mean, as Lossie said in his press conference, it was it was a really really bad injury, um, and a very reported of doctors said it's one of the worst that they've seen of that type as well. So. It wasn't. It wasn't great. If you if you if you think back, Everton thought that he could nurse him through through the injury and without any kind of operation. He got to sort of November time and he had to operate, and obviously that set him back even further. So I mean, we don't know much about Gabamon in terms of what he's going to bring us, because we saw him for sort of a game and a half, and he was he was gone. But 
our best two centre mids, the ones who will be starting the game, are the ones who are got got these these long term injuries. But great to see them see them back at Finch Farm and and seen in some kind of capacity. But obviously today, first half, yeah, I think the word the word you mentioned there, quality. We lack quality in key areas. So there was times when we had the the chance to break and we went out with with say three on three, and we got to that final third, it just fell apart, and that was where sometimes we need to make better decisions. Um, but you know, prior to the game, a lot was made of West Ham's injuries, and but yet again, you know, we we were missing our best player in Richie Allison, our biggest threat in Richie Allison, mm. and obviously, you know, we hasn't had the best of seasons, and also Guilfi Sigerson. So both would have started the game today. Um, we've also mentioned obviously the long term injuries that we've got. Michael Keane was then ruled out before the game as well with a neck injury. So we've got loads of injuries ourselves, but it was. It was two sides today that didn't want to win the game for me. Now I'm not saying that was from the managers. That wasn't the manager's message, but I think on the pitch, both sides, I think, were fairly satisfied with the point. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that was quite disappointing, wasn't it? Really, it seemed like every time we went forward, Bernard got smothered mm. when he had the ball, and I think it was difficult for him to play his game. He seemed to get a bit frustrated, and Walcott for me just looked not particularly bothered. There was one moment in the first half where he turned away from goal. Um, about five ten yards outside West Ham's box, got dispossessed and just stopped. Yeah. And I hate seeing that. Mm. Not one, not getting back into a defensive shape, and two, showing no responsibility for losing the ball. Mm. I got really, really angry. So I, I think there were, for me, there were four or five really poor performances. You know, five, six out of tens that just aren't good enough. And I hope a few of them got um, a flea in the rear. Well, you mentioned obviously Walcott getting smothered. But how many times in that first half, especially? I, I can think of three. Where we've lost the ball in silly areas, yeah. yeah. Delph, Davis, Davis Luca yeah. Dean with a three in in fairly quick succession, and we've lost the ball in the halfway line and put ourselves under pressure. And it and that that for me is a lack of quality and and this, and poor decision making because I think all three of them could have released the ball early, and he wouldn't have been in that position then. But that had a chance the in ball. the first half where he knocked it a Pickford's legs. Yeah, that's a better team and a better striker. It's, it's, it's one nil down, and there were three or four of them, weren't they, where mm. we gave West Ham the ball. And allowed them to run at us. Yeah, but they, I mean, they pressed in the West Ham. But you can see from the first minute, Moises obviously said to them, "Get, him up, get on these." He knows that we will, because Ancelotti said this himself. He's open. And he says it that we, he wants us to play from the back and wants us to be comfortable doing that. He knows in his own mind he hasn't got the players there at this moment in time to execute that plan for me. But he's trying it. So Moises said, "Right, they're going to play short goal kicks. Get on them." And and he pulls under pressure, and and the pressure almost early on the first half. Uh, did tell but then look at the goal What's why, why is Fabian Delph making that kind of tackle he's facing the he, stand he, he does that too often it's to daft he it's does daft. it too often he, he, it's kind of like a couple of things with Delph I and mean, we talked about him on, on, on the pod and that I think he's too safe in possession first and foremost as well when he's got it you know he always looks at the easy pass almost a bit like a left footy Schneidlin in that respect mm. and then he does give away those stupid fouls all the time, isn't it? I mean, it's sort of if he's cleaning the guy out either. It's always a little stupid foul. The referee's just going to give it every time. And then, obviously, puts us under pressure and then leads to the goal. And I just think... I mean, he improved second half, but... And you can see what Ancelotti's been using him, hasn't he, recently? He's been bringing him on to try and just control the midfield in mm-hmm. games and shut the game down like it was against Brighton last week. And I think that's the way he sees him. I don't think he necessarily wanted to start him, but obviously with the injuries and with mm-hmm. Sigurdsson that out... But I think that's the way Ancelotti sees him as a guy that can come on and just basically just calm the game down and keep it and go square and get it back and all that. And, but when you're trying to you know, put something on a team, he's, he's not the player you want, is he? But, and, but that foul was ridiculous. I do agree with you. I think it's awful. The disappointing thing for me with, with Fabian Delft since, he, since he's come in is he's, he's been brought in to have a little bit of leadership because we lack that on and off the pitch. Um, and so obviously near to certain players so he's obviously got younger players around him like Tom Davis and, and Mason Holgate and people like that and for me he shows a lack of leadership at times because he's he's so petulant mm. and I, I remember thinking back to the summer and there was pictures all the time being taken in training in pre-season when we went we went away to Austria, Switzerland and every picture you saw at Delft he was always flying in doing, the, doing slide tackles every single picture and someone said how come you are, you always have to feel like you got to fly in? Definitely. And how many times have we seen that? Mm. Um, is it because he's got no legs? Is it because he can't read the game properly? Is, is he now half a yard slower than, than he used to be? Um, 
But it wasn't, like you said, Peter, it wasn't just a Fabian Delph issue today. There was a lot of players who just weren't at the races. Um, I mean, what one player who's coming for a bit of stick after the game, surprisingly for me, was Moise Keane. Because I thought the first 45, he was comfortably our best player. Comfortably our best player. He tried to make things happen. Great feet at times on that right-hand side. Um, yeah, won the ball, won a couple of corners, he held it back. up well. See what? See when he came back at one point yeah. from his own half to the edge of the box slides, I got nipped the ball away and he was away. And I think he gets tired after about 55 minutes to an hour. That's the longest he's played today, 70 minutes for Everton. So he's building up, building up. Yeah, his touch went, you know, sort of from about an hour. As he was getting more tired. As he was getting tired. Yeah. But people are looking to openly criticise this kid. And I understand he's coming with this price tag. We've discussed him, you know, at length before. But give him a little bit of credit there. Because I thought he had a half-decent game, especially first 45. Mm. And for me, he did more than Calvert-Lewin. But Calvert-Lewin does what Calvert-Lewin does at the moment. And that's score goals. Oh, right place, right, right place, right time. Yeah. You know. I think I think with Keane it's an interesting point because you also have to look at look at the way the teams performed this season. Number one, you know, he's inherently been in a team that's really struggled in most games. You know, I mean, particularly uh, before Ancelotti came in. You know, also even today, look at the service he's feeding mm-hmm. off as well in midfield. You know, he's not surrounded by creativity. Is he? No one's really creating it. He's almost having to create things for himself because no one else is creating for him. And he, and he's also on top of that. To make it even harder, he's a 19-year-old kid trying to adjust to a league that's a million miles an hour compared to what he's used mm. to. So, I think we'll see. Like we said it before, I think we'll see the best of him if we just have a bit of patience. I think we'll see the best of him probably the next year once Carlo gets obviously the players he wants, once the likes of Gomez and that come back in the team, players who can spot a pass because his movement off the ball. If you look at him, his movement's not that bad. You know, he makes intelligent runs, but he's just obviously, you know, he's got guys that basically like crabs behind him just playing sideward passes. Mm. Um, and I think that's important to remember that with him and, and fans obviously jumping on him is probably not going to help uh, you know instantly dismissing him as Sandro and you know the ass mm. and things I mean that's really harsh isn't it you know what mm. I mean um, there were some slightly strange shouts coming from the, the fan base today about our strikers because uh, obviously Tosin popped up didn't he he scored a, yeah. a really good header against yeah. Man City and the moment that happened there was this sort of flurry of activity on Twitter should not let Tosin go you know look one one at West Ham. Moise Keane's not scoring. We could really do with him now. And you just think, hang on. Yeah, totally. You know, Palace play a completely different style of football. He'll suit, suit them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But it's clear that he's not. It's not worked for him ever, and he's mm. not been good enough. He needed to go out on loan so that we can try and a get him off the wage bill, but b more importantly, try and sell the guy so we can bring in better players. And that's it. The, the, the more goals totally he scores. Agree. The better if he go, if he finishes the season we'll out with six or seven goals, we we'll get the price we want for him. Yeah. So you've, you've got to want him to do well there, like you say. He suits their style of play. Well, they just whipping crosses, don't they? They've got two wingers, tricky wingers. You know, Townsend loves to cut on his left foot, whip it in. Zahar puts balls. In. That's what that will suit him, doesn't he? he likes he likes the you know balls whipped. But it, but isn't it funny how there's yeah. always an easy answer? Yeah, I mean one one at West Ham, Tosin yeah. would have Tosin would have won this for us. He would have come off the bench. Well, he scored. Remember when he scored two against Georgia in a qualifier? Yeah. You're playing Georgia where you're playing someone's electrician and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, so he's uh, got two goals yeah, now. Let's yeah, get him in the lineup. Let's get him in. Yeah, we, let's get him in. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we all classes, lads. We all yeah, called for him to get his chance, and he was given his chance because at the time we were struggling. We we weren't scoring goals. We were losing games. So. The natural thing to do is you've got a fellow you paid 24, 28 million yeah. pounds for on the bench, give him a go, give him a run of games. He got a run of games and did nothing. So He can finish, he just doesn't suit the way He doesn't play. suit the, yeah. the style of football. Yeah. And it's so important, whether, whether you're a centre-half, a centre-forward, left, mid, right, mid, whatever, you've got to suit. Your style of play has got to suit the team style of play. And that's it's it's really as simple as that. Good luck to him. I, hope he, I say hope he scores six, seven goals for them when we sell him for 20, yeah, 25 mil. Of course, of course I do. But, you know, but back to us, the, the biggest the biggest miss today was Richarlison. I, I want to I want to make that point as well about, if you look at the previous games we played against West Ham, so the home game where we beat them recently at Goodison, and also backtrack to the game we played them sort of uh, at their place. When was it? Was it March last year? It was around about then, wasn't it? March when mm. we beat Was it 3-0 we beat them? Yeah, gaff. Well, we probably our oh, best West Ham two nil, two nil, yeah. But for me, and even in the home game this year, the key to both those victories where we beat him was Andre Gomez, wasn't it? Yeah, because Andre Gomez in both those games was man of the match, and he ran the midfield. We did not have that type of player in midfield at all today. 
Yeah, so much so that West Ham apparently were trying to get in for him and try and nip it, nip us, nip us to the side. Obviously, they were never going to get there, but I think he showed in those games exactly what we missed today. You know, someone that can get their foot on it, lift his head up, play, play the right pass. You know, keep keep possession, play the right pass. You just said it there. Most of their chances came from us giving it away in stupid areas. He's the type of guy that he won't he won't give it away very often, will he? Mm. He's got the technique to keep it, use his body to shield it, and just basically just generally be a calm presence in midfield. Yeah. yeah. And we haven't got that. We haven't, we haven't got that at all. You but, know. But, but when but when we haven't got that, the, the one player who who is is the equaliser almost, you know, he's done it time and again this season, is Richarlison. Yeah. And I said we said this when we recorded last week. Um and I think outside of Everton, I think he's hugely undervalued in terms of mm. you know how much he would actually be worth in the current market because we said we said it a few weeks back when um, he, against after the City game he can have a really poor game with Charleston, but he'll score you a goal and that's a sign of, of quality for me. So missing him today is is guy up front his relationship with he's got now with Calvert Lewin those two up front that was a big miss. I think if he's in that side today, we probably do a little bit better, but. His the, goal last week, I know I wasn't. You know, I mean, that was just that's a class, yeah, that one. Yeah, quality. The way he pirouetted on his left foot. That's what's about about quality, quality yeah. though. We're talking yeah. about we need to lack this quality. There's there's quality yeah. in that type of game. Brighton last week, West Ham this week, no doubt Newcastle in midweek. That's the type of quality you need to win those games, isn't it? Yeah. And how many players have we got in a team that could do something like that? Brighton goal last week. He put him is. Maybe Bernard mm. is probably the only ones that you could probably go, yeah, they've got that in the locker. Yeah. Not, many, not many others have, no, no. And then that's the problem. In these tight games, you need a bit of magic. And you needed that bit of magic today. And Ancelotti knows that. I think the only thing we can we can take from these sort of results at the minute, um, albeit we know we're not losing. I, I, I said to you, Mike, when we spoke on the phone earlier, I think this is the type of game we probably would have lost, dare I say it, under a runner under Marco Silva, rather than get a point. Do you know what I mean? Because it's those types of tight games where we weren't getting the rub of the green. We were just, you know, we weren't keeping clean sheets. Um, but what what Ancelotti's done in a short space of time, I think he's certainly made us a bit more solid, hasn't he? He's made. Yeah. I don't feel like where you know when we when we were going on that bad run, we always just thought we were conceding stupid goals. Mm. He's sort of eradicated that, hasn't he? Even with the personnel he's got at the minute. Mm. Um, I know. I know the scores from a set piece today, and he has gone. To zone, hasn't he? He is actually doing zone. Yeah. yeah, but uh, no doubt that will sort of rear its head again if we concede a few more. But that's one thing he's made. Is I don't feel like we're gonna. You know, I think we're always in the game. I don't feel like we're we're conceding. Yeah. You know, we've kept what three clean sheets out of four before today. That tells you everything, doesn't it? But we, you know, although we, when we conceded today, I always thought we'd get back into the game. And prior to to Ancelotti, I didn't think that we we would do that. Well, that's just a bit of confidence. It is. From the previous few games, it is. I mean, he, he said what well, he said after the game. Ancelotti was um, when we have uh, we have to show more intensity, be more precise when we have possession, and don't have to be too shy with the ball. We can improve those things immediately. So, in other words, he's saying to the players there, take some responsibility on the pitch, you know, and that's what they've got to do. So he's trying to instill them with that confidence. I know that you can do it. Go out there and do it. Well, Marco had the same issue, didn't he? If players being brave, he used to mm. say, you know, players are scared to to, to sort of express themselves and I think that is the case you know mm. the midfield there you know they're the guys that should be demanding it every five minutes I, I, I made the comparison the other week of, of you, you know you look at someone like Delph and, and Gareth Barry who played in a similar position you know both left footed you know he's nowhere near that level is he when you consider how good no. Gaspar's was you know mm. what I mean he, he, he was a different level wasn't he yeah it's quality you know I mean? not only did he win the ball back and that he actually was progressive with it and you know his his, his pass his passing was spot on, wasn't and it? massively underappreciated on yeah. that side for me. It's not not until you look back, yeah, do you really appreciate how good he was? Exactly. Well, two similar job. players playing a similar position, both left footed and both a similar age, yeah, and win different leagues. But I think Del thinks he is in that league, though. I think mm-hmm. that's the difference. Del's attitude is kind of like Gareth was more like a humble type of lad, wasn't he? Just you never you never hear from yeah. would you? Yeah, 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 from Gareth Barry. And yeah. until he got robbed that taxi with uh, with West Brom. <laughs> <laughs> No, but he was, he was, uh, you know, I'm just trying to make that comparison mm. compared to, you know, that's what our midfield is now, you know, we, we really are down to, like I said, the bare bones. I don't think in a million years, Ancelotti, we'd want to start someone like um, Delph or even Schneidlin. I mean, Schneidlin's on the bench there, that says it all. But mm. like I said before, though, I think that call for responsibility was reflected in Ancelotti's early changes. It was clearly wasn't happy. Yeah, exactly. Someone I did, who I did think stepped up 
though to the mark partially was Jordan Pickford he made some outstanding saves I thought that arguably earned us the draw on the other hand his distribution once again was puzzling, puzzlingly terrible how many times um, we mentioned his distribution though in recent weeks but to look at the good things straight save from Halle for the header um, and the one that was uh, one handed header for okay, four yeah, hours yeah, yeah four what hours a that that, that's a great save that real, just real, on time yeah, yeah, yeah. real strong hand uh, but then you look at Distribution was poor, and then second half when that cross cross comes over and he comes about fifteen yards off his line to try and get it on the angle and literally palms it to Halleck, who's then starts to lob him because he's miles off his line. Luckily Holgate was there and sees it away, so he's got that little mad moment in him, hasn't he? But it was probably one of his better games in terms of the saves that he made today. I think you know we can criticise, but he what he what he wasn't too bad. Um, his kicking is weird for me because when he first came it was fantastic that was, that was the best part yeah. of his game what a weapon it was you yeah. know what I mean? and now all of a sudden he's kind of I don't know whether his confidence has gone with it or he just seems to shank it and slice it out left every time he go, yeah, he always always sends it, it too far side of his foot, yeah. yeah and he's going out yeah. for throwings all the time it happened time and again today but um, another positive from the game and he walked away with a man, man of matches also, and that, was, that was Mason Holgate yes yeah. we now we, we've, we've sung his praises the last sort of say six to eight weeks how he stepped up and he's become the the prime centre half forever he's the one who can't be dropped now in in any kind of partnership it's Mason Holgate and another so whether that's Moist, uh, Moist whether that's Michael Keane that's incredible yeah well, yeah you mean it well, yeah. What, what, what were we saying at the start of the season yeah. thought he was going to go in the window didn't think he'd be good enough to be in the mm. squad if Kersey would have would have, uh, would have been bought, uh, brought in he probably wouldn't see Mason Holgate which is a funny mm. thing you know what I find strange though that the plaudits that John Stones got when he played for his centre half and the amount of mistakes he'd make mm. but even so he'd still get all this praise Mason Holgate for me is just as good on the ball as John Stones and we don't forget the, lad, the lads played in midfield mm. for a handful of games mm. and there was a few times today where he took it and he would run mm. you know from, from our half into the West Ham half and find a pass not lose it not give it away and watching the game as an Everton fan you've got confidence in him haven't you yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's when really he's on, grown when he takes the ball you think yeah he's going to use it well yeah, yeah. And, and he's always been a confident lad hasn't he almost a bit too confident at times but I think he's really starting to show what a player he is you could always see he was technically a good player I do agree with you there I think he lacks Stones' stature doesn't he that's the thing um, you always the only thing you could label at him was a bit lightweight but um, it's the way it's the way he read the game today. You know what I mean? It's that ability. To, that, that's a sign of a good defender, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah. The fact that yeah. you know they're there before the attacker is, or they spot mm. the pass and intercept it. You know what I mean? So I mean, Ancelotti will be loving that as well. Obviously, like you know, they love obviously the uh, the, the art of defending mm. the Italians. But I think um, Canacci, yeah, <laughs> Mason Maldini will be. Um, but no, I thought I thought he was outstanding today. The best. best not just our best player, the best player on the pitch. Mm. I thought today, I well, yeah, comfortably yeah. won the match uh, across both sides, really. And, uh, and it, it, it's good that he's now he's getting the plaudits that he that he deserves. So his his upturn in form. He's, he's we said before he's he's confidence, but he's got his head down. He's worked. He's, he's now, as I say, he's now the the main um, centre back in, in our team. Mm. Um, but ju- just to just to round off the, the West Ham game, we we couldn't not mention the gentleman who got his uh, Premier League debut. And he got 45 minutes, and that was Anthony Gordon. Mm. Came on a hard time for Bernardo. Had not, not, not one of his, his better games, but I thought Anthony Gordon grew into the game. Second half, I thought last 10 minutes he was he was really involved, and you could see. I mean, he's, he's got got fantastic feet. Didn't look out of place, did he? He didn't know, and and I thought I did I did think you know maybe uh, Luca Dima will get that that defensive cover now with with Gordon. But to be fair to the kid, he was tracking back. He was looking to get out of you know every opportunity and break and there was one late on about probably two or three minutes to go where he's, he's had Zabaleta right off not the ball past him and he's just been body checked and taken right out obviously Zabaleta wise old 35 year old right back wasn't going to have a young kid beat, beat him like that but I just thought he had, a, he had a chance early on second half where he scared him with his left foot about 16 yards out obviously just trying to settle down but it was great to see him get some minutes Um Ancelotti said in the press conference he's someone who's literally there knocking on the door now to, to be involved in games well Brands mentioned him in the AGM as well didn't he yeah, yeah. he's saying that uh, it's great to see him knocking like you said knocking on the door of the first team mm. a kid that's come through the ranks quite quickly as well hasn't he mm-hmm. um, he looks a talent he's got great feet he's got quick feet he's got, I think um, the problem is today unfortunately we just couldn't get him up you know, in the final third that's where he's dangerous isn't he mm-hmm. where he has got that turn of pace and a shot on him hasn't he he's been 
know, you look at the footage of him, he scores some, some worldies, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah, he scores um, some great goals. But I think it's important that as Evertonians, mm. we we don't set our expectations too high because I've seen too many calls for he should be starting a game. Well, why why should no, he be? No, no. We touched on this last week, didn't yeah. we? The, the, yeah. the danger of the, the sort of the pedestal of being a local lad at mm. Everton and how we can not ruin players, but I, I think. Stifle development, I think, through pressure. It's through almost, it's almost yeah. you don't want overexposure as a young age, do you? You know what I mean? If the kid's clearly got talent, just lead him in gently. Do you know what I mean? Like most good teams do. No, not that I'd ever, ever want another example of me comparing Evertonians with United fans, but look at Mason Greenwood. Mm-hmm. You know, another young talent, great pedigree, but there's no way that he would have the pressure on his shoulders. Um, at United that he does at Everton in no. a, you know in a strange way mm. if Mason Greenwood was a, an Everton player I think the pressure on him would be even greater yeah I think you're right and, and obviously we, we, we want these young players to succeed so that's why it's so important not to get on you know put too much weight on the shoulders ease him in he got 45 minutes a day didn't look out of place and as I say he was more effective as the longer the game went on yeah, and let him make mistakes and he's going to, yeah. you know, he's the, the kid. The kid's going to. He, I think two or three niggly fouls today, where you know, he's so eager to get in there. You can see that it'll come. Um, but here's, here's a little fact for you: like you like this, and oh. everyone, everyone listeners like a fact. Normally, it's people I've I've, I've done them today with this. <laughs> Marco Silva was the only ever manager since Mike Walker not to bring a player through from the academy. Fact. Ancelotti. What do you mean not to bring? A so not not to use a player who basically. So he hasn't got a player from the academy who's come through and given his debut. Ancelotti's done it, obviously. He must have given his own kid a debut. No, no, no. Here's a fact no. for you. Here's a fact. Look it up, Google it. I'll tell you right now. Did, did he not have Gordon? Gordon only made the bench for him, did he? Yeah? Go- Gordon, yeah. Gordon's first appearance was under Duncan Ferguson against Leicester in the uh, League Cup. Wow. Um, so there's a, so there's a little little fact there for you. Interesting, because he. Yeah, I think he was slightly better than manager than Mike Walker. Let's have it right. <laughs> well, we, we put it. We put a nice uh, clip. I thought Mike, Mike Walker this uh, this week. People seem to get hold of. Some way so happy that we put him on our on our timeline. This uh, this video of his his first game will be Swindon six two, uh, and David Prentice, Al Prento from the Echo, got involved saying that he he once interviewed him um, abroad somewhere. And Mike Walker was sitting there in his in his pink speedos, and and he insisted that Preno had his back to the sun, and Mike Walker faced the sun when he was being interviewed. So David, that tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? Really wow. about that man. But wow. uh, I think it's, what what a, what a great place to end the first part. Mike Mike Walker in his pink speedos. <laughs> we'll be back in thirty seconds. back to the second part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast we're going to move on and discuss the uh, the raft of information that's come out of the, the ADM because prior to it there was this obviously the, the headline about us making a £110 million loss uh, from the, the 13 months 13 uh, month books as well love that. Well, so, so we form now with player contacts isn't it it's, that's why we've done it so that means that we, we start on the 1st of June so we all fall in line with the with the players' contracts, which which makes perfect sense. But um, a lot came out, didn't it? And they, there's only one place to start, really, because it's got headlines since, and that's a uh, say Mister Uncle Usmanov coming in with this little. Uncle Uncle Usmanov. So he's coming with this thirty million pounds sweetener to put him at the front of the queue for the name and nights for the stadium. So let's get it right. It's not yeah, it's thirty million pound for the stadium naming rights, it's £30 million to put me at the front of a one-man queue. For a stadium that hasn't got a brief yet. <laughs> Which is just... It's not gone down well, has it? Not gone down well. I love either. it, I love it though. I love it, absolutely love it. Premier League are going to be investigating this. All all the other clubs are annoyed about it. It's utter oh, nonsense, on, isn't it? It's utter, oh. utter nonsense. Sky were the best because Sky led with the headline that the Premier League have confirmed they are going to investigate this £30 million payment. And then when you click on the article, it says they may investigate or they could investigate. Basically, what will happen is it's already been confirmed that, as usual, they look at all clubs' accounts in March 
Everton spoke to the Premier League the week before the ADM to confirm this is what the payment was. Everything was absolutely fine. No issues. It's all We've all done due diligence and what have you. So let's all just calm ourselves down. But I think it's an absolutely hilarious, Genius. hilarious way of going about things. But it's been City have been doing this for you, not just City, like all clubs do it. You know, what I mean, since they brought the FFP in, yeah. What ways can we bring in, you know, to basically try and you know circumvent some of these rulings? Like United, United are the best. United have got about four hundred and eighty sponsors. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, you know, people sponsoring the pen and reception. You know, what I mean, that's something. That's how bad it is. Yeah, I mean, it's just that, that's basically what it is, isn't it? Yeah. There's a great tweet on the day of the AGM by uh, David Matic, David Maddock at David Maddock on Twitter. Um, I can't say his name. Uh, Rizansiv at the AGM oh, explains yeah, yeah. that uh, Farid Mashiri had increased his interest-free loans to the club to 350 million, yeah. taking his total expenditure to almost 550 million. Interestingly and totally coincidentally, his close friend Yusmanov. Got five hundred and fifty million when he sold his Arsenal shares. <laughs> Listen, I love it. That's, that's I love genius, it. That's genius. But, but it's think, clear as day he's involved. It's clear as day. It's, you know it's, what I mean, the guy was his accountant. So he's his accountant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's clear as day he was involved um, all day. No, but um, it was it was absolute it was absolute comedy. Um, but you know, I mean, at the end of the day. It's going to be called USM Bramley Moore, isn't it? Or Megaphone. Or yeah, yeah. We all know that. I mean, that's that's not even Tesco Stadium. I, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm still open that Apple do come in so we can call it the Bramley Apple Stadium. I'm convinced <laughs> that that's a goer. And if they come in, listen, we're, we're going to be uh, we're going to be quids in. But he's, he's obviously he's involved. Um, he, he sort of showed his hand a little bit in the financial times. Yeah, well, the funny thing was about that. They, they asked Carlo about. Uh, Osmanov and said, you know, it's come out that apparently you broke the deal to bring you to Everton. Like, no, 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 none of that. None, that was all far had and what have you. I, I, I have uh, sat down and, and had a drink socially with Osmanov in the past. This is you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, it's giving you the finest bottle of Tuscany red. Yeah, yeah it's it's good. Yeah. But you know, it was it was a good way to start proceedings after the the hundred and ten million pound loss that was almost brushed under the carpet, so to speak. Um, but I think all in all, you know, we came out of it quite positively, and and one real positive point, so aside from the the financial side of things, was was uh, was Marcel Brands, mm-hmm. except for does he have money to get a motion going <laughs> to remove him from the board? I'm like, oh come on. What was that about, by the way? Because I've not seen this. He was very vocal. This like this is. By the way, can we just say this was a guy that also. One was advocating going to Kirby, wasn't he? He was. And he's he annoyed was. about the Bramley Moor yeah. as an option. Yeah. yeah. So to to come in and, and it was he was shot down, I think, quite quite rapidly by all accounts. Um but you know, Marcel Brands has been sitting there thinking, What what am I what am I doing? What did he do with the actually shouting with him? Well he tried to get his emotion to to have Marcel Brands removed from the board and basically it didn't happen, ridiculous. <laughs> what, what what a way to, to to kick things off, but Marcel Brands. This, probably, this is the same fellow probably thinks Mashiri's a fraud as well. Yeah, you know, well, clearing the debt. We've got what, what's our debt? Nine point two million pound debt. Yeah, when was, he took over, the debt was over hundred million. Wasn't it's it? been so reduced to nine point two million. So we we got the, had this loss, but then the debts have gone down to nine point two million. This fellow has injected a lot of his own money, money into this club. Do you know what I mean? That needs to be that. Yeah, you know, all this Mashiri's a fraud rubbish. Just doesn't matter. This fellow has basically wiped our debts clean. He's got on the verge of taking us to, you know, the next generation in terms of stadiums, and you know, he's slowly but surely, you know, improving us as a side. And, so, and he's brought in a world-class manager, which yeah. was very much his decision, by the way. Yeah. You know, if you want to be one of them, one of, and you know, Andy said this before, and he was a guy, You know, Brands is one of the renowned as one of the best directors of mm. football, as well, isn't he? Yeah. In Europe. Mm. Well, um, he, he gave a he gave a, a great presentation by all accounts. Um, I mean, a quote from him, the squad we have now compared to when I arrived has a lot more quality and greater strength in depth. Uh, we are working to build a winning environment. That was part of Tom Cannon's mm. um, argument was the fact that, you know, the, it's, the squad's not good enough. The the, um, the players that have been brought in, it, they've been, been, a, been a failure. And you look at the quality, you look at the difference in terms of the quality that has been acquired when you bring in and who you're doing deals with. Mm. And it's night and day compared to previous well, years who we brought him. He made a comment, didn't he? Hasn't, he? hasn't he been involved since he's been in? You know, with 70 transfers. Mm. I mean, Which that's is, ridiculous. Yeah, it's a lot. It's 70 a lot. transfers. I yeah. mean, you know, you forget it's not just the, the incoming, it's what he inherited. The squad was overly bloated when he came in. Yeah. He had people on ridiculous contracts, he still has. But 
if you look at who's have to shift out, he's have to shift a load of players, a load of players that would never get in that team mm-hmm. out from previous previous managers, previous regimes. He's had to get a load of loan deals, which he has done for a lot of the players as well. Mm-hmm. And and you know he has in the main. I mean, when he first came in, I think everyone's putting him on a pedestal after that first window. And in a way, you can almost understand it because the players he brought in in that first window was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, he massively improved the team straight away. The second window, and we'll all agree as Evertonians, it wasn't as strong as the first one. But he's also shifted a load of others out. Mm. And, you know, we can't really... I think it's still too early to judge. You mentioned it before, we're keen. It's still still too early to judge that signing. It's still too early to judge Iwobi as a signing as well. You know, he openly said, as well, we, we said we're never going to go in for that sort of money for Zahar as well, didn't he? He said, well, we, we don't want to be throwing loads of money at someone in that age profile. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's got a lot of good points to make. You can't just change this overnight, can you? You know, two summer windows... And you're expecting them to suddenly have a Champions League squad. It doesn't work like that. The thing is, we're not at the point where we are we're fine tuning the squad. We're overhauling squads from three or four different managers exactly. here, aren't we? You know, the the, the manager currently has got players from four different managers at his disposal, which you don't want. When you sign a bill, I mean obviously Anstossi so is new to the job, only just come in and it will take time and so on, but you don't want that kind of environment where you've got mm. three or four different managers worth of ideas in, in players. Because you don't fit into your system, that's that's the god's honest truth. But uh, Marcel was coming in now, played a different system, isn't he? Yeah, of course. Again, yeah. So you know, you've, you've got to try and look for players now to fit that type of system. I mean, he's meant to, he, he put up on the which I thought was was hilarious, by the way. He put up on a slideshow um, transfers nineteen twenty. So for the for the winter window coming coming in, uh, obviously uh, Virginia's back from Redden on loan, and mm-hmm. we, we brought the. The young kid in me, Brantway from Carlisle United, 17-year-old, he played, made his first appearance for the 23s. Uh, talent, that kid, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. He looks he, a big lad as well. He does, yeah, yeah, he does. Um, and obviously deals which have, which have, in terms of outgoings, Chen Tosson off to Palace on loan, Kieran Dow to Wigan, uh, Callum Conley to Fleetwood, and then there was a, a bottom point, working on Martini in the ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> How did you say that? Yeah, yeah. So... You know, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was, unless he was it. I got to the bottom of that. Uh, well, he's turned down and moved to the championship, hasn't he? Leeds apparently was was the name mentioned. So you can go and work for, for Bielsa there at a, at a high flying. He's turned Leeds. down Leeds. Apparently so, yeah. Apparently Why would he do so. that? He's got a chance of winning a, winning a championship. You said before, didn't he? said this, and if they yeah. go to the playoffs, he's got a chance of being a Wembley, hasn't he? Yeah. Winning, winning yeah, a trophy. Why would you turn and, that down? You know, he's better than. Doing nothing basically for us at yeah. the minute, and 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 you're playing yourself. They're going to come up, so you're playing for a contract to, for a so-called well a Premier League side. Effectively, they got great fans, really passionate, old yeah, style good ground, good, good, good club. You know, they've been through the mill and what have you, and they're coming out the other side now. And you think, why wouldn't you want to? And if it's true, and again, we you know we take these things with a pinch of salt, but he's sitting on a fifty-five thousand pound a week contract. If he goes on loan to Leeds, we'd have to pay so much and they'd be paying so much. That's how it would work. So we'd still get that. But you're playing regular football. They're saying to me that he's quite happy being a bit part player. Mm. And, you know, he, he was see obviously, he came off the bench against West Ham. But if, because of injuries, he wouldn't have been on the bench otherwise. Um, so if he doesn't go, we'll take his locker off him. Well, yeah, <laughs> that, could, that could be an option. Um, but you do wonder about what his mentality actually is. He's he just got comfortable know, now, hasn't he? Too yeah, comfortable. He's just got comfortable. I can imagine players are like now. Sandro will be the same. Sandro will never get sold. He'll never. No one will ever pay what we pay him. No, we'll be so the end of his contract. He'll run his contract yeah, down. Of course. Yeah. Cheers, Roberto, for bringing the ass in. And, you know, he knew straight away, Roberto, didn't he, when he got him how, ba- how bad he was? Yeah. Because remember when he was, didn't he say he had some sort of wrist injury for the first six weeks? I remember. I remember the Lukaku interview saying he's very, very raw. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. Very, very, very raw. I mean, he's actually Because they always say, don't they? You see these ex-players now come out and say within the first training session, everyone's dead nervous. Obviously, if you come in as a player because they make a judgement of you straight away so you can imagine you're a player there yeah. and a new mark comes in and his first training session legs everywhere yeah. oh I remember God. him sitting in the stand when he, we got announced at our time and he sat at the stand um, and he just literally had, had a smile on his face all the way through and I thought and, you know you think back now and you know why because he was sitting there thinking that 55 grand a week I've had the, I've had their kicks down here yeah. because he, he was <laughs> as much as you know he shows a lot of heart and everywhere he's gone on loan since He's always showing heart and he gives his all and all that, but he's such a limited player. I'd, I'd even probably he rank Strakwalasi above him in terms of ability, <laughs> to be honest. And, and that's I, I don't I don't dislike him at all, you know. But I do question his mentality. If he's happy just to 
be a real, real bit par player for Everton. But um, did he mention about bringing anyone in? In that, in that section not, he's not going to reveal names yeah, he said we needed a right mid didn't he, he there's, there's, there's a lot of things there's a lot of players that we need and Ancelotti's also said as well in press conferences about what we're looking at and he was questioned over centre mid and he said all the names that have been in the paper that's hope you're wrong the miles off but he didn't um, deny though what, one thing I'll say Ancelotti he didn't didn't say obviously yes or no did he really no. to the Everton Suarez links recently no. as well so that I think there's no smoke without fire there. Well, it he keeps he like keeps on liking things on Everton from Everton on Instagram, yeah, so that, that doesn't help either, does it? Yeah, all <laughs> these agents. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he isn't, isn't he a left-sided right footer though, isn't he? Yeah, so he cuts yeah. him from left hand. Which yeah, but we don't need, we need a left-sided. Side. Really, do we, we need, need a right. So he's a left-footed. So I think we're crying out for a left-footed like yeah. you know, Mares type, aren't we? Yeah, I mean? yeah, I think so. Yeah, but exactly. It was great that yeah. um, it was great that we had Ancelotti. Speaking as well, the press um, at the ADM as well as Duncan Ferguson as well. So it was great that Big Dunk was there, and the two of them obviously got time to speak. And Ancelotti, I mean, if we, if we sort of start with him, he said how obviously delighted he is with the, the reaction from the supporters. Um, obviously, the question that he was there about his song as well, and, and I thought it was fantastic when he said that he's used to singing when when we. Uh, I win when we win trophies, so hopefully I'll be singing again soon. Is what he said. Uh, what you want to hear, isn't yeah. it? But yeah, yeah. one of his quotes from the ADM was: uh, "I found a huge passion of the supporters and one of the best training facilities I've ever seen. We can have big ambitions. It will not be easy. It will take time, and we must be patient. But the conditions are there. So straight away, call for patience. Let me let me sort try and sort it out. Get my own my own um, players in and." And we'll, we'll move forward, but I'm glad that's being made up. I mean, I know his words will carry far more weight than someone like Marco's because of who he is, and the press will listen to what he says, and obviously, people in general listen to what he says because of who he is and his standard in the game. But that's what we were crying out for for either from the club uh, to come out and make these statements, isn't it? To say, Look, this will take. I know Brand has come out and mm. said it, and we were saying it on earlier pods when we said the club needs to come out and say, This is a long journey, this, yeah. this is not a two minute job and I think hopefully him now coming out and saying it as well you'll just not not take the pressure off completely because you always want some sort of pressure but you know what I'm trying to say it's kind of saying look this is a marathon not a sprint basically I think I think the name alone he dictates that he will be given time you know when you bring in a manager of that, that kind of ilk it, it, you know it, it does mean that fans will I think be more patient because of who we've got we know what he can do we know what he's won we know how good he is so players, uh, fans will be will be happy. I know I will to to give him the time he needs to try and try and build that side. But it was great when obviously Big Dunk got the chance to speak. I thought it was really good that he was given the chance to be on the stage as well. You know he's been such a big part in in turning around our fortunes since Marco Silva left and and bringing the the fans back on side and getting that connection back between the fans and the, and the club. And it was great with that he was speaking. I mean, he, he joked about he took Carlo to uh, to McDonald's for, for something to eat when he when he first arrived, and obviously he <laughs> didn't do that. But it it they seem to have a real a real good relationship the two of them. You know they seem to bounce off each other. And Carlo said he doesn't understand what Ferguson says half the time. Uh, I think he probably just sits there and nods. Did he actually say that? Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, can't understand him. But yeah. it's, it's, it's Keane didn't understand him when he came on Old Trafford. Didn't we're he? possibly not. Yeah, <laughs> but that that, that will, will explain a lot. But it was I just thought that. Considering what the headline was pre AGM, it seems to go okay. You know, I mean, Denise Barrett Baxendale was said they were optimistically cautious over Bramley Moore because there's still hurdles to overcome. Then Farha Mishiri on the same day, the interview was, was leaked or released, and he said, Yeah, this will get done, no problem. I'll put, I, I, will, I will put in as much money that needs to be put in, this ground will be, will be getting built. So, You've, you've got you've got him given that message as the as the owner or major shareholder. Uh, but he wasn't there, though, was he? Before, because he was deep in deep in discussions for the uh, mm. fund for the ground. So that was what what the what the what, what was get, was getting sold, which is absolutely fine, you know. But he he said in this interview that that the money's basically boxed off. So let's not be concerned with that. We're going away from the council side of things, uh, which is fine. Although it did wind up Liverpool fans who were slightly uneducated in how it was going to work. Yeah. 
Um, it's better if it goes through the council, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It will all make seven million quid yeah. a year off it. But so, so the council have lost that now, effectively. Yeah. And, and the city they were one of quite a few, though, weren't they? Weren't, yeah. They were, but it was a council, a council which, as we know, living in the city, it were, were devoid of funds and are making cuts yeah. still. Yeah. And seven million quid goes, goes a long way. Of course, yeah, it yeah. does. And, and that's it. and look at the, look at the money the ground's going to bring in on top of that to the economy. Yeah. You know, it's still going to hugely yeah. benefit the city, isn't it? It is, but yeah. you, but they are going to lose out. But I think, I think from their point of view, that was more to do with how it would look if they were the sort, they were sort of fronting, if you like, and and, and being acting as guarantor for a loan. Um, but it is what it is, and and Farhad is is pretty adamant that it's it's all all boxed off, um, which which is great, isn't it? So we've come away from the AGM, I think, feeling feeling pretty positive. Which yeah, considering it's been, you know, let's be honest, the last what six to eight weeks. It's been quite a lot of turmoil for the club, hasn't it? Mm. You know, we've yeah. changed managers. I know they, they mentioned obviously a big thanks to Marco. He conducted himself with a mm. lot of, you know, a professional attitude yeah. and everything else. We've got a new guy come in. Um, you know, there has been a lot of changes in that short space of time. Yeah. And you know, there is ultimately positivity. I'm glad they do things like this because obviously, I think Carlo even said himself that he's never been to anything no, like this. No, first time. Yeah. You know, doing yeah. like this in Italy and things like that. But yeah. just being open and you know available for fans to be able to kind of get an insight. Yeah. Into it doesn't it, go too well if uh, Italian clubs talk openly about where they get their money from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No, he's at the training ground. He said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, but not all, get access. Do you know what I mean? They wonder why. I wonder if now, uh, by the way, talking training grounds before we wrap this bit up, there was a threat apparently that uh, if we didn't win the next five games, we'd start a bit Brighton. That they'd be back. The Finch, the Finch Farm Seven or Five, whatever, it, farm seven. Seven, whatever, whatever it was. So it like could be, cowboy. could be back, could be back Monday because we zoom obviously with the Zoos today. But let, let's see. Let's see what happens on wow. on, that, on that front. Um, but let's 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 wrap things up there, um, and we're going to look ahead now to Newcastle on Tuesday, and a, and a quick chat about Watford as well. The following oh, on the first of Feb. Back to the final part of this week's Unholy Trinity podcast. We're going to look ahead to, to Tuesday's visit of uh, a side that I can't stand, to be honest with you. I've never liked them. And it's Newcastle United. I like them even less now because Steve Bruce is there. Because I can't stand him either. Um, but they've they've come away this weekend with a, a one that win over Chelsea. 94th minute. Um, same points as us. And they're going to come to Goodison Park with sort of riding high so that, that game when we played against them a few weeks back on 1-2-1 will almost be a, a distant memory for them won't it after, after that win against Chelsea it's crazy isn't it they're a bit of a one trick unit Newcastle mm-hmm. I mean I, I'm you know fair credit to them they, they've been partially effective in the way they set out five, that five of the back system looking to soak up pressure and um, hit teams on the break I, I saw the Chelsea game today and anyone else that watched it will have seen that Chelsea absolutely played them off the park mm. I think they had 70% possession it's, yeah 65-85 yeah. uh, obviously an away side barring yeah. a decent centre forward Chelsea should have run out 3 or 4 nil winners there. They, I, I thought Chelsea were exceptional I think Lampard's got them playing great football and Newcastle just ran up and nicked it at the end So that, that's almost though, coming away from Newcastle a little bit but with Chelsea when you've got so many youngsters, you get that inconsistency, yeah. don't you? Um, but it shows, you know, Newcastle were, were floundering, weren't they? Sort of 10 games in. And obviously, Steve Bruce's appointment didn't go down well at all. The fans have sort of shown a disgust in terms of not filling up St. James's Park. Um, but he's starting to get people on side and getting fans on side. They're sitting mid table with ourselves, same points. And it's not pretty for you though, is it? <coughs> It's, it's 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 not great to watch. It's not no. not 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 that we free flowing under Rafa, mm. but um, 
It's, it's just very, very, very pragmatic football, isn't it? Mm. And they've got a handful of decent players, haven't they? I think they've got a very good goalkeeper. I like the uh, yeah, he's a good keeper. He's, I think he's, he's, a very yeah, good he's been he's been solid for a couple of years, hasn't he? He's he's done well for Newcastle, and you know Almiron's turned a bit of a corner now. Obviously, yeah. started scoring goals. So, Joe Wilson has come back in the team as well. He's been out. He's, yeah, he's not a bad centre half, is he? I mean, yeah. you know, Joe Wilson. He, I know, I know. Andy was is a big fan of Joe Wilson and just thinks that he doesn't suit Newcastle. I know he, he scored his first goal for it was about twenty games did it, uh, in the the FA Cup replay in midweek against Rochdale. He hadn't scored for about I think twenty games and he scored. I think he hit the, hit the bar today. So he's a threat. He's a big lad. But you know, let, let's rewind a few weeks ago. We went we went there to St James's Park and beat them two one. Mm, yeah. Got the win. Um, so I think in terms of that, we had a lot of chances in that game. We, yeah, we had a lot of shots, and we it could have been a bit more comfortable than it was in the end, wasn't it? Mm. Um, I think we've got more than enough to beat him uh, at home, um, and you know, Carlo will probably want a bit of a reaction as well after the. After it's, the it's about whether they turn up, isn't it? It's about, it's about yeah. whether they can we find their attitude again in their application. Well, the fans aren't turning up, are they? Now there was there was a, there was a uh, something in midweek about apparently they've been voted the best away fans Newcastle. They're only, only taking half the allocation for the game on Tuesday. Really? Um, it's a fallacy. Newcastle wow. fans is a fallacy for wow. me. Well, but yeah. let's 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 not go into that. Um, but it's a game that we that I think we, we should be winning. There's, there's no excuses for me there. We we've got the the quality in the side to do it. The Charleston should be back in. Um, by all accounts, the Carlo did say. I mean, he was he was fifty fifty to play. Against West Ham, but he should be back in for the Newcastle game, and he's he's going to come back and pack up front with with Calvert Lewin for sure. Um, whether Sigurdsson has got a bit of a green issue, as Nathan K. Carlo say, uh, whether he comes back in, I don't know. Um, but Richardson mo- most definitely, and you know maybe it's another little little chance for Anthony Gordon to be in the round the squad again and and people like that. But I don't I don't I don't fear Newcastle, as you say, they play this this back five and I think they, they will sit. They will sit at Goodison. That's my only worry is they do a game like today like against against us, like against Chelsea where it is they just set off and make it make it you know, they had to come on to us a bit when we played them, didn't we? So that probably suited us a little bit. But you know, it's one of those where you, you know we've said it before, you get an early goal against these, you could probably go on and win quite comfortably, mm. don't you? Because they have to come out then. Uh, but how many times? I mean, longer it goes nil nil, it'd be one of those, wouldn't it? Yeah, when well, we said this under under Silver, where we we struggled to break down these sides, and who came for the points. And I suppose you, you could argue, you know, under under Carl, we've had Burnley come and Brighton come, and the two of them were were satisfied with the points. And in the end, we managed at some point in the game to break them down and, and could have could have scored more. So. I'm, I'm a lot more hopeful and optimistic going into this game on Tuesday that we can go, go into the game and win win 2-3-0 um, and, and I fully expect us to uh, to do that but it all depends who who is fit because we are we are right at the at the dregs of the squad almost well we'll be reckoning we could be back didn't back, he? In so back in training back in training yeah after the weekend I think that'll help I think he, he you know he'll uh, if we can get him playing central he's a guy that can make things happen Spots to pass, you know he's wasted again out wide. You know people that have been getting on his back, he struggles definitely when he's out wide. Mm. And any Arsenal fan will tell you, you know I've got a couple of mates who go to every Arsenal game saying exactly the same thing, and you can see it with their own eyes now. And he's playing central like he does for Nigeria, and he's a completely different player. Mm. So I think you know someone like him in the side, he would have played today, for example. I would imagine if he was fit. Be interesting how Ancelotti uses him. Yeah, it will be. And whether whether he changes system because you know. Going off what a lot of Evertonians are saying, you can't really play four four two with a Wobie, can you? Unless yeah. you're playing. Well, he, he likes he likes Ancelotti's this this left winger, so Bernard. Mm. He likes that position to be the one to come inside, as we mm. saw against Brighton, especially. So that was suit a Wobie to come inside on his right foot and go central mm. and make things happen because he doesn't have a number ten in this system, and that's where, like we said again last week, like see Sigurdsson for me will be gone in the summer because he just doesn't fit into the system and that's, that's no fault of his mm. he was bought as a 10 and he fitted, he's fitted into every system that, you know since he's been brought in but not enough into it in a 4-4-2 it doesn't work for him uh, but a Wobie you can probably get away with it uh, and it'd be interesting to see when he does get back to full fitness and when he does start a game on the left hand side how he how he, dict- how he dictates play and whether he's he's as good as Bernard was against against Brighton if he can do that kind of thing and make things happen, um, but obviously he's not going to be fit for the for the game on Tuesday. But we should, for me, 
have more than enough to come away with a win. I think Calvert-Lewin will fancy it as well. Two goals against them yeah. recently. Yeah. Scored against West Ham. He's in great form, isn't he? And what, what, what a turnaround for the kid. He's 11 goals this season in all competitions. He's our leading goal scorer. We were crying out for someone to, to replace Sigurdsson's goals and that's what he's what he's done. Yeah. If he gets 20, I think, I'll be welcome. You know, if, he stays if, he, if, he gets, if he gets 15, it's a great season for, yeah. for him. You know, Who would have thought, even you know a month, two months into the season, that Calvin Loom will, will come away with 15 goals this season or even break double, double figures? I think, I think he'll get to 20. If he I'd love him to. I'd love him yeah. to get to 20 goals. What, that, what, what a story that would be. And I said this again last week. Is he now knocking on the door of the England squad? Harry Kane apparently is not going to be playing in the Euros. For me, it gives you so much more than Danny Ings. Mm. I mean, but you know, fair enough. Danny Ings has been scuffing them in for Southampton, but he's not got the all-round game that Calvert Lewin's got. He's not the athlete Calvert Lewin is. Calvert Lewin will fit into an England system. What they asked Harry, Harry Kane to do, he would fit into that. I'm not saying, by the way, I think Rashford. He should be starting games. And rightly so. And rightly so. But in terms of what Kane does for England, you know, and you, you've got someone who's, who's strong and big like Calvert Lewin. And again, I'm not saying he's going to be starting, but he's an option for the squad. Yeah, isn't he, he can hold it up with quality. He yeah. gives any centre half a problem. Yeah, and it's great to say that, isn't it? Well, again, you know, we uh, we said about about Abraham making that transition from the 21s to the full full uh, England squad, and rightly so. Some great early season form. He's turned off a little bit, um, but maybe you know, Sarkis should be looking in, in the friendly. Maybe giving him a little a little go and see how he gets on. He won't do any harm, but yeah, against Newcastle, he'd be full of confidence, won't he? Absolutely full of it. But we should have enough to beat him, like I said. The key to beating him at their gaff recently was that we got that goal, didn't we? Mm-hmm. A little bit fortuitous in the way he came from like that sort of uh, um, sort of rebounded set piece, wasn't it? But if he took it, it fell to him. He took it, and then that that allowed us to. I know they came back into it, but you never thought we were ever going to lose that game. I no. thought. Um, it was a good, good reaction, you know. Yeah. Lost the goal, well, second half came out and, and got the winner. And you know him and Richie Allison are now striking up a decent relationship up there, and they they do work well off each other. So I fully expect us to win the game. I'm going to dive in there with a with a two nil, two nil Everton. Calvert Lewin with a goal, and I think uh, Luca Dean's going to pop up with one. He needs to get one. Mm. <laughs> he does, yeah. It's a one for me. Tight one nil. I think it's going to be a, a frustrating game to watch. Yeah. I'll be there after work I'm not looking forward to it come on PC get on board it'll be a bit like Brighton wouldn't it I think it'll be a very similar type of game um, I think I think it'll be a clean sheet as well I'm like you Mike I'm going to go 2-0 possibly even 3-0 maybe if, if we get an, if we get an early goal um, I think Richarlison will score I think Calvert-Lewin will get the other one let, let, let's hope so because we, we I sort of earmarked us for four to six points for these two games I thought West Ham would be difficult so we got the point there yeah Watford will be difficult as well won't it? well what yeah. we're going to have a little chat about now because obviously we're next weekend we, we'll talk about next weekend in, in, in a minute but um, Watford away as well yeah difficult isn't it difficult and, and we've just, we just been saying before we, we recorded the, the final part we can't call him a snake boys anymore because the silver link is now gone <laughs> so I'm going to have to drop the, uh, the snake boys title but um, yeah, they do with, with Tottenham nil nil could have won the game, Mr. Penn. You yeah. know, so Didi uh, had a penalty saved. They've, they're they're a completely <laughs> different animal in the person. What, what a saying around? He's got Decore yeah. playing like he was playing last season, where he's playing higher at the pitch. He's a goal threat. He drives with the ball. Every reason why we were probably linked with him as well. Um, and they're a powerful side aren't they they're mm. a big powerful unit look like they've got their identity back don't yeah, they? they they're do. not, not just organised but the, I'm not saying they're playing with flair but they seem to be playing with a bit of passion the, the back to, yeah. the back and, to and being, confidence yeah the back to yeah. being Wofford of, of last season yeah. if you like Dean's popping up with a couple yeah. of goals and I'd say that the core is he's yeah. in, performing Pereira's performing you know so they're all they're all dangerous players and you know and they're keeping clean sheets you know, they yeah. keep clean sheet today mm-hmm. you know Pearson renowned for being organising to that so they're, they're almost they're very, for the type of side they are they're well aligned to the type of manager he is aren't they and and, and that's what, exactly what he's done and, you know, he's got them pulled them out of the relegation zone like you said they were unlucky I watched that game today well certainly the first part of it Spurs look really sharp actually they knocked it around really well and they caused them problems in and around the box really sharp touches between Ali and, and Son and, and, and Lucas Moura causing them all sorts mm-hmm. of problems but they didn't really look like they were going to score yeah yeah, they were really neat and tidy and, and they didn't really create a great deal uh, in terms of chances. And obviously in the second half, Watford came on a bit stronger and got the pen and lucky not to nick it. So we'll have to be way better in possession than we were today. 
Yeah, it's way better, and that's what Spurs. The reason why Spurs I think gave him an issue today is because their passing was really good today, mm. really crisp. They you know caused him issues with their movement, and we have to go there and play that type of football. We have to be on it, otherwise I think them with the crowd up and things like you know they've, they've, they've brushed away a few teams, haven't they recently? Oh. I think that's spot on though about the way that Spurs set up today because they've been quite direct under Mourinho, haven't they? Yeah, playing the long balls over, looking to get in behind with Ali. You're not going to get any change out of Watford, do you? But, but I think, I think Mourinho's looked at them and said, we need to split them, we need to make space, and the only way you're going to do that is by moving the ball quickly uh, and playing in the right areas. Yeah. Mm. They controlled it first. Certainly from the first off I watched, they controlled the game and uh, without really creating. But, um, you know, Foster as well, you know, he's coming, he's, 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 I think he's a good keeper, Foster. I know he's coming to the end of his career now. You know, he's, he's a solid keeper. You know, compared to, like, Gomez they've had in the past, mm. who's obviously got... You know, got Gomez was all right, to be fair. Got a howler in him, though, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah he did. Foster is very consistent, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but I just thought, you know, that might be, you know, good for us. Like, they've had a bit of, a, you know, one of the best winning runs over Christmas. You know, and I was hoping they would probably just lose today to dent their confidence a little bit. Well, they're playing, they're playing Villa away. That's yeah. the next game before they play us. So. One of the most out of four teams in the league, isn't it? Yeah, so. I mean, what, what, I think Watford are a different animal at home than they are away. And I know obviously they've done well in the Pearson, but they, they, it's a tougher game going there than them coming to you. And then they beat United quite comfortably as well. Yeah, home. yeah, they yeah. Did, yeah. So it's a tough place to go when they're playing the way they're playing now. So um, a lot will depend on how the, the midweek games go, I'm sure. And, you know, if we can get three points, put us onto, onto 32 and kick on and. All depends how it goes. Watford are a point clear currently as we speak above the relegation zone. So they could easily get sucked back in if they lose in midweek. Um but it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a real a real difficult task down there. I just think that they won't probably afford us the same respect as the the afforded Spurs, to be honest. Um because Spurs are ahead in terms of their progression. Look where they've been over the last couple of seasons, Champions League finals, finishing top four and so they probably afford them a bit more respect than he will afford us now whether that gives us more space to, to play on the counter I don't know tough game though real tough game mm. and, I, and I think if we can if we come away and probably sounds a little bit strange saying this but if we come away with, with a point I think I'd be, I'd be I'd be satisfied to be honest with you because these just these little steps little bits of progression keeps us you know on, on, a, on a decent run tough place to go I'd be quite happy to come away I with think with the squad we've got now a fully a fully fit Everson squad you go there and you'd want to try and say we've we want to impose ourselves and get a win. Yeah, the squad we've got at the minute, and the fact that they're one of the most informed teams in the league, then you're right. You probably would probably take a point. I mean, obviously you want to go there and try and win, and I think Carlo will do that. But I just think, you know, like I said, the form they're in, the tails are up. If they don't get, you know, a bad result in midweek, you probably would probably say that. Yeah, and they're setting up, they're setting up first and foremost not to lose, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're thrilled to be playing against any Premier League side and not not be losing. And they're doing that with confidence, aren't they? And they're, they're causing teams problems. And, and, and you know, when they've had it, when they've had one over us in the past, like they did at Goodison against us, Mike. We were at that game. I mean, the Park End. But um, you know, it's, it's when they've overpowered us in midfield, haven't they? Yeah. You know, the big lads in midfield, Kapue, you know, Decore, like I just said. Then you know, the, the, the big lads, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? And they've overpowered us in midfield. Is when they've actually had success against us. If they'd have played against that midfield today, uh, they probably would have done a lot better than West Ham did. Put it that way. Um, so we need to have you know be at the races for that game. Hopefully, we'll have a few players back for it as well in midfield. Well, they'll be seeing that game as it as a must win almost because they've got they've got Brighton after those, but then they've got United and Liverpool the next two. So with with the, where they are on the table, you need to be picking up points against obviously sides like us where we are at the moment, and uh, obviously Brighton and teams like that. Um, because when it comes to playing. United away, obviously Liverpool at home. Liverpool at the moment just steamroller absolutely everyone. Mm. Um, Sar looks a good player as well. He's, he's quick, starting, he's pacey. He's starting to show, isn't he? He's yeah. starting to show a bit of his talent as well. Mm. Uh, him and Decore, I would say, have been the best two players recently. Yeah. Um, but we'll wait, you know, we'll wait and see. It's always a tricky game, isn't it? Whether you're in form or not, they always give us a game. Yeah. Certainly recently. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, so. we say beating Newcastle, going to you know, we've got a a weekend off haven't we and yeah. then we then go to go to Vickers Road um, and hopefully we can get a win against Newcastle to go into that game with a, with a, a little bit of confidence and, and come away come away with hopefully three points if not let's let's at least try and get a try and get a point but I'm going to go for one all that game I think it'll be yeah that's what I'll say I think it's going to be like 1-1 if not even 0-0 to be honest um, mm. we pick one <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a spread better game <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting in 
Um, no, I'll probably say 1-1. I think we'll probably both get a goal. Um, I think it won't be too dissimilar to this type of game today. My only worry is that I hope they don't overpower us in midfield. That's the only worry. Yeah, I'm going for a drab nil-nil. Oh, yeah. delightful. Mm. Delightful. Let's look forward to it, Pete. <laughs> but let's, you know, let's, let's just see. Let's see where where we are but I, I do hope we can come away from that game with, with something but b- before we go a couple of little uh, little things we are going to record next weekend and it's the it's the return of the, the Trinity B-side uh, guest to be revealed um, over the course of tension. this week oh massive massive tension um, so we did, did a couple um, last year back end of last year didn't we um, so we, we're going to come back with a, a new one and I think, I think this would be one which Everton fans can really really get on board with so it's definitely one for Everton fans more, more so than just general football fans to be honest um, and a quick footnote the Charles and TCA competition runs till January the 31st the tweet is pinned on our Twitter Twitter feed give it a retweet get involved um, great design there with the, the Charles and a couple of pigeons you can't beat that kind of shit can you <laughs> you can't beat that um, so get involved with that runs till the 31st of Jan and we, we'll catch you on the B-side next weekend. So thanks for listening. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.